Hello, people. Welcome to Rocker Mike and Rob present another one. And this is a great show because we have a special guest. We got Anthony from Hey Bartender that he goes around the United States talking to random bartenders from um, different states and how do they work and what the hell's happening with their life. But this guy is an expert at talking to bartender. He gets a lot of the cocktails, the recipe, and um, he's like the uh, bartender whisper to the many people. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, how you doing, brother? Good, Rob. Uh, how's it going? So far, so good, man. And yeah, well, to welcome to the show, Anthony. Welcome yeah, to the show. I appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, this is a great opportunity. I don't get to do this very often. So. Ah, no, it's a pleasure. Uh, you know, recently I caught you, uh, you and Rob having your little podcast together. Hey, Bart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a great show. Great show. Yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. Uh, Rob, you were really easy to talk to, and that makes the podcast a lot more fun for me. So you know what, the great best thing it was easy to talk to you, and you know what, we just sat down and talked shop, and people were like, I can't believe you guys. I, said, I think he let me talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that's kind of part of the reason why I developed this podcast because uh, I back when I was thinking up. You know, if I were to do a podcast, what would I do? I was uh, sitting there thinking, well, ever there's a bunch of pop culture junkies out there doing them. There's, uh, you know, all these things that I was thinking about. I was like, there's already a bunch of podcasts on that. Then all of a sudden, bartender stories popped into my head. And I was like, well, there are already a bunch of people that talk about drinks, but there's nobody that talks about actual life in the industry. And then I started thinking, well, I can tell all my stories because my stories are unique because they're mine. But then after a while, I just all of a sudden realized it would be a lot of fun to bring guests on the show, too, uh, so they can tell their stories. And yeah. that was uh, that's how I got uh, uh, through uh, various channels, how I got a hold of Rob and uh, brought, managed to get you on my show. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was it was Boogie that got on the show because Boogie know a lot of people, you know. Boogie. Yeah. Shout out to Boogie. Yeah, he he seems to know everybody in New York. It's uh, everybody, everybody knows Boogie. Yeah, everybody I talk to that's from uh, that area, they're they're like, gotta give a shout out to Boogie, or you know, or I get an email saying, "Hey, Boogie said I should be on your show," and I'm, well, he's my biggest supporter of the show probably since the beginning. So yeah, I heard I heard about your show through him and and through Rob. Uh, I've been watching, you know, quite, listening quite a bit and just you know enjoying the hell out of it. Um, I gotta ask you what what's what's harder, bartending or podcasts? Uh, well, <laughs> podcast, uh, podcasting is a little bit more nerve wracking because I I'm meeting somebody new for the first time. Uh, I've never talked to him before because I'm a little bit of an introvert. But uh, uh, but most of the, most of the time I do these shows on the fly and just kind of let it go naturally, like a regular conversation between me and another bartender, like we're sitting at a diner late at night talking about our shift or something like that. And, uh, with do, uh, being behind the bar, if all of a sudden I run into a conversation that I'm not, you know, I have no interest in, or I know nothing about, it's right. easy for me to just go, Oh, you need something. I'll be right back. You know, and walk <laughs> away from <laughs> can get away. From Rob, let me ask you the same question. What's harder podcasting or bartending? 
<laughs> podcasting because you got to get the show out. And, and let me tell you, so um, Anthony, I'm going to tell you a funny story. So the way I met Mike, he was my Verizon guy. He came one day to fix my phone line and we became friends. And we started talking about about rock and roll. He's a, he's a great guy with a lot of knowledge in music. And I said, dude, I want to do a rock show. Then I got my other, I don't know if you ever see my other partner with a Mohawk freak drawing. We do a show too. So I do like six, seven podcasts, and um, everything's doing good, man. We, we're hitting some high numbers, and we're trying to do everything. So I wanted to promote your uh, podcast because I think you do great because we promoted a podcast, Tell from the Tell from the Dark. Um, yeah, it's a um, conspiracy show kind of thing. Uh, Tells from the Dark, this guy Bob Hicks, he does a lot of like mysteries and, you know, Bigfoot and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. And we get one of our shows, The Conspiracy 420, we get into all that too. And and he kind of found, I don't know, we found him or he found us. I forget. No, but we, we uh, you know who sent us to him? Jack D. So we got Jack this guy, D, Jack right. D, that always Jack gives D. us great guests. So I got to give yes. a big shout out to Jack D because he always finds unique and strange people to talk to. Yeah. And Mike's the a, other one that gets guy. strange people to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the hardest thing about doing the podcast is uh, promoting myself. I I just haven't gotten the hang of it yet. And promotion, doing a lot of the promotions that I've seen online is really expensive and money I don't have to put into doing the podcast. So most of most of my podcast getting out there has been word of mouth. And, you know, yeah, once again, thanks to Boogie. But <laughs> definitely. But I got to tell you something. You told me that you recently had a problem. You just changed Spotify account. What what happened with the Spotify account? Um, the I used to be with uh, uh, with Podbean and uh, I was uh, I was uploading all my shows to there. Everything was doing fine. Then uh, another a guest I had about two months ago told me about Anchor FM. And oh, that's, what so, we use, Anchor. that's what we're on. Yeah, we and, use that. So uh, I spent pretty much the last week from December 5th to uh, uh, last Sunday uh, uploading all 218 episodes of Hey Bartender Podcast over to Anchor FM. And uh, I canceled my Podbean account, but I thought that they would wipe out everything that was on Spotify, everything that was on iTunes. No, it's still there. Yeah, I don't think they wipe it out. And I don't know how to get rid of it. <laughs> you probably can't. Yeah, probably can't. So I, yeah, I got to get that, get it out to all my listeners that listen to me on like Spotify and other uh, formats. You know, I'm I've moved. I haven't stopped. I've. <laughs> I yeah. Just, yeah, but Anchor helps you a lot. You get like in the Anchor account. You can put the link. They give you an RSS number and all that stuff. Anchor is very good to work with. Easy, and they load all your show up on Apple. You gotta do much. You put on Anchor and it loads up to Spotify. Cause Anchor and Spotify are the same thing. I hope you know that. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Do you have uh like a website or like a Facebook page you use for any any kind of promoting? I use uh all three. Well, the big three uh, as of today. Uh, I use Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok all at Hey Bartender Podcast. And because okay. that's uh, a good way to get the word out that you might have moved. Yeah. Uh, I think I did post something, but I should do something more permanent in this, like stories or uh, uh, instead of doing the the ones that last only twenty four hours. What we find, and I'm, I'm I'm sure you're aware of this, but what we what we find is is, and Rob is very good at this at just hashtagging everything right and getting getting the word out to the right people. I mean, we've we've done some you know some rock shows that 
I mean, have hit like 13,000 views and stuff like that. And a lot of that is really because Rob knows how to get it out there. I get it out there too, but Rob is, is, is very good at that. Yeah, I don't think I'm very good at hashtagging. So, <laughs> I mean, and when, when you look at when you look, yeah, the, the, the amount of hashtagging is like this long, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you also got to know how to hit at, at this guy, at that one, at yeah. this one, at that one. That also gets a lot of hit. Because, um, you know, I got to tell you funny. So Christina was wearing the Hey Bartender shirt yesterday at Don yeah. I, I got to get one. So cool. I got to get one. You know, she was fantastic. She was wearing it. I said, hey, I know that shirt. So she was wearing it. And that's the other thing. Like me, I'm known as the T-shirt guy in these bits. I got a bunch of random crazy T-shirts. And they say, okay, it say some offensive thing and say something. <laughs> yeah. But I, I wear them and I just do not give two, two fucks about it. I was wearing my T-shirt that say vaccinated and ready to fuck. <laughs> and guys are like, hey. and, and, the, and the Mexicans live Mexican lives matter with the bullet holes through it. With the bullet holes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that was the whole thing. <laughs> I tell you, Rob, since you were a guest on my show, I'm uh, I actually had to order your size of T-shirt. So uh, uh, you're going to be getting one of my T-shirts soon. Uh, Mike, I, I'd be happy. I'd be honored to send you one of my T-shirts. I, I, I'll wear it proudly. I'd love that. Thank what you. What size are you? I'll show you my T-shirt real quick. You're going to laugh. So my my T-shirt size is large, extra large, somewhere around there. I'm, I'm like an extra large. Okay. This is the T-shirt that you'll get. That's what my face on. I, I actually have that one, too, in black. <laughs> so let me let me send your size tell me your size and tell me what size you want and i'll send this beautiful thing to you <laughs> awesome. yeah i love that that's awesome yeah. cool so that's what i have so so let me ask you another question because um well you're the first person you had like a little you had like a little controversy with something you say you were telling me what happened with that yeah, I did a show. Uh, I had a sponsor. I'm not going to uh, say who they are just so to avoid any trouble. Yeah. Uh, they were doing, uh, they wanted people to help them promote a uh, contest that they were doing. And it was supposed to be a contract for like two or three months. And I was excited about it. I was getting paid $100 an episode. And uh, maybe right. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but right. but I, was getting, I was getting paid to do it. And all of a sudden I did a podcast on how in my mind, the podcast was about, I never took advantage of women when, you know, I never took advantage of them when, when they were drunk. I never uh, did anything inappropriate. And somehow one of the people that was involved with that sponsor took offense to it. The, uh, the ad agency that called me, they said uh, the, the people were uh, the people at the company they were slightly offended by that episode and they're thinking that they don't want to work with you anymore. And wow. And I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, what was offensive? And I'd be happy to fix it. And the, uh, the ad agency lady was actually, she was helpful to me. She told me, I get where you were coming from. You were saying you were no Casanova. You were, uh, you didn't uh, take advantage of women, but that's not how they took it. And I went, well, damn yeah. <laughs> these days man this it's it's amazing that stuff can blindside you sometimes yeah you know, it's true it's, and it it actually gave me like anxiety for the next yeah. like six or eight episodes because i was i was trying to use uh 
pronouns that were uh, that weren't specific on who I was talking about or what I was talking about. It was always them, they, and I'd never used anything specific like he or she, just so people could sit back and guess. Well, that was probably a guy that did that. That was probably a girl that do that did that, and uh, it it gave me anxiety for quite a while after that. Anthony, have you ever sat with one of those people that they this and that? How can it be day when you're one person? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I haven't, as far as I know, I haven't offended anybody, but I, I could easily do that. Okay. Cause it's just like, I don't even think like that. Yeah. You know, Mike, I look at you and I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> right, as long as my wife doesn't say that. Uh, I saw, I saw a TikTok video where a guy, uh, a guy sees his son kiss a uh, kiss a girl goodbye after school, and he goes, "Hey, who was that? Their name is Jennifer. There were two girls out there. No, there. her name was Jennifer. Oh, and, and, and there was yeah. a long argument. Don't want to get into it, but you need, you need to you need like a college course to like figure out this shit. Sometime, you know? yeah. 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 I, what I, I got to tell you guys something funny. So somebody came in and they called me Day. So I just took a piece of paper, day, whatever the hell it was. And I took a piece of paper and I pinned it on my shirt and I say, asshole. (laughs) You're a day? I'm an asshole. And this person just looked at me. What do you mean by that? You're a day? I'm an asshole. (laughs) So confused by it. He just looked at me like, "Uh, can I still get a drink? Yes, day. You may get a drink. Wow. It was like, yeah. have you ever talked to these people? These people are special people, dude. This is like weird shit, man. It's like, dude, it's getting weird. It's getting more and more weird. Like, I was talking to John today about a certain thing, and I said, it's like they have this conversation with themselves, and you can't do nothing about it. You just got to let it be. Like, you can't even argue. Just yeah. let it be. Yeah, there's it's nothing. It's amazing. Nothing. Well, you know, eventually we're just not going to be able to talk to each other. You know, guys are going to have to, like, if you want to ask a girl out, there'll be like a form or something that you have to fill out, you know, yeah. sign language, sign language, texting, I don't know, something, but it's like, I, I look, the first time I remember this kind of thing happening to me in my life was years ago. I, I was in, I was in CBGB's. Okay. Wow. And, and the, I don't, I didn't know the, I knew a couple of the bartenders there, but this one I didn't know. And I, I was a little drunk, maybe four beers in, something like that, five beers in. And girl gave me another one, and I said, thank you, thank you, sweetheart. Now, this was like probably about maybe 1999, something like that, well, yeah. 20 years ago, easily, okay? Mm-hmm. And she took the – I went to grab the beer. She took it back, and she goes, I'm not your sweetheart. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I went, I went, well, you're not my bartender, so keep the beer. <laughs> you know? wow. thank you and I didn't, I didn't drink any more that night in there but it was like it just rolled off my tongue i didn't mean anything i wasn't hitting on her i wasn't it wasn't even in my mind and then over the years you just see more now you can't talk like that yeah very few there were, there's a few girl bartenders that i can talk that way to because they talk that way to me right okay you but if i don't know you gotta if i don't know i don't do that because like Shit, man. Today, man, we could be ruined. Yeah, the, yeah. you got the female bartenders nowadays that still say sweetie or honey. Yeah, some do. But, some uh, do. But that's slowly going away. Things that yeah. we consider terms of endearment. Right. Uh, yeah. Like 20 years ago 
are right. insanely offensive now. And it's, uh, uh, some of it's understandable, uh, but some of it's just like, I'm, I'm sorry. Do we have to make a big deal about it? I promise I'll never say it again. Yeah. And, I didn't, I didn't mean to offend you, you know, just, can we have a do over? <laughs> yeah. Dude, let me tell you guys, I'm surprised I haven't been canceled. Have you ever heard me talk? <laughs> me too. I, I mean, I, well, I've been, I've been thrown off of Facebook about a hundred times. Okay. And, and had to get new accounts and all kinds of shit, but, you know, I never been thrown off Facebook because you don't talk about anything, man. I just have <laughs> my podcast. Yeah, yeah, on the podcast we talk about, but I, me, I'm up there. You just friended me today, so Anthony, so you <laughs> you'll see the shit that I can get in trouble for. <laughs> I haven't been banned off social media yet. I've had one uh, video deleted on TikTok because it violated community guidelines, and all I was doing was uh, playing a Beatles song on guitar. And oh, and yeah. they and so, but you know Beatles songs getting the rights to that's expensive. But yeah. I thought it's it's the internet. It goes out into the ether. And but I uh, they still deleted that video because of it. We've had music on the show that's been deleted. Oh, oh, yeah. You know little, little little snippets of things that they just yeah. you know it just shows up as no sound when it gets when it gets out there. Yeah, that happened to me. Uh, I'm a big fan of the movie V for Vendetta. Oh, dude, uh, I love that too. That's I just I just watched movie. it about a month oh ago. God. Yeah, I, I watched it. I watched it on the fifth of November. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Remember, yep. remember the fifth of November. November. <laughs> yeah. Out of treason and plots, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm every, a year, every year I watch it on November fifth. I, I just love that movie, and yeah. I decided to put on my uh, on my TikTok account a clip, the clip of where uh, V and e, uh, Evie. Are standing yeah. on top of the building, and then uh, you hear uh, Tchaikovsky's cannon yeah. start to play, and then and the, the great the, the Bailey the Bailey statue blows up, and all that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I uh, uh, I went back and I looked at it uh, a couple days later, and I saw that they deleted all the music, and yeah. I quickly wrote a letter to TikTok saying Tchaikovsky's cannon is public domain. It's gotta be. I was just gonna say it's gotta yeah. be public domain by now. Yeah, it's it, years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's public domain now. Why did you delete it? And they, I haven't heard anything from them about it. So I was just like, yeah. oh, let it go. The the good dialogue's still there. But I, I used to, um, I had a, I had a 1980 Camaro. Okay, I just sold it this year, but uh, I had it for a while, and I used to drive around doing little videos in the car, and uh, I was like a, I'm, I'm a big Ramones fan. Ah. And and uh, I was playing the Ramones in the car one time driving through Brooklyn on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, something like that. And uh, I went to load it up and, and it had the music. And then I checked back a couple hours later and it was gone. Right. Yeah. But the front the, and it said it said something about licensing or something like that. It said it, there was some kind of comment <laughs> and. I forgot about it. And then a couple, it had to be like two years later, I get this notification saying they put it back up. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, wow, two years later. Okay. You know, and I was watching it with the, with the music, you know, uh, I'm going to go ahead and make an admission right now. I, I do like the Ramones. I like them a lot, but yeah. I'm one of the, I'm one of those schmucks that only figured out maybe about five, six years ago that the song is actually called Blitzkrieg Bop. It's yeah. not called "Hey Ho, Let's Go." Oh, that's, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. For so many for so many years, like 
you know, the only song people would know would be I Want to Be Sedated. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, I go back a long way with the Ramones and everything. I, they're like my favorite band. Um, you know, it, it's funny now, like in the East Village, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. And I know you mentioned coming to New York a, few, a couple of times, right? So you're familiar? No, yeah. uh, I've only been to New York once, and that was to once. Rochester. Oh, oh, that's right. You did say that. Yeah, yeah. okay. But, you know, you guys were talking on your po the podcast you did together about how New York's changed so much, mm. you know, and, you know, it's changed in a million ways. But one way is that you see, like, you know, Ramon shirts everywhere now. Oh, okay. Where back back uh, in, my, in my day, back in my day, which was, you know, the, the 80s, okay, uh, you know, the band had already been around for 10 years, but never made it big but if you had a ramon shirt on in my day you go up to that person hey what's up brother what's up sister you know that <laughs> was like that was like your friend for the day sometimes you know how many girls i met like that oh my god yeah okay and and just you know girls in town for the day and I, i'd end up hanging out with them because we were ramon's fans yeah but uh now it's like it's everywhere and you're lucky if somebody knows a song and you know, yeah, and no they're song. lucky if no it's just a shirt. Yeah, and uh, the Roman Ramones would be lucky if they still got radio any radio airplay today. Uh, they, they get a, a they get they get. It's funny. It's it's interesting. Classic rock radio. Well, they only back in the day they only would play "I Want to Be Sedated." This is during when the Ramones were around. Yeah. They would play "I Want to Be Sedated" or maybe "Rockaway Beach." But now you hear like Blitzkrieg Bop more. Okay, mm -hmm. you might hear like uh, Sheena is a punk rocker once in a while, but it's still the same like four or five songs. I mean, they got a million songs, you know, but it's just people don't they don't play them on the radio. Fuck them. Anthony, you want to hear something <laughs> interesting? So me and Mike just got a video the lady say that we were bullying and this is that one a conspiracy show. And I fought it and I, and I won. Because I'm oh, really yeah. good at fighting this thing. I just send him and I tell him I was just bullying. What do you see that? And then they take a second look and they put the video back up, but they try to suspend my account multiple times. And I have won the case every time. I've done yeah. it so far like 16 times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He always he always appeals it and he always wins, you know, because if, if you had a lot of this stuff, if you just have any common sense and you watch the content and in the context that you're speaking, Mm -hmm. it, it you know it, it, 99 of the time you're not doing what what the person is accusing you of it's, it's right. just not happening like that it's right. when they don't it's when they don't give you a chance to appeal okay right. you know i've i've been like i said i've been tossed off facebook many times and only recently have i ever had chances to appeal for a long time they just were like no 30 days boom mm -hmm. you know with nothing now I've beaten a few appeals because now everybody's on to them. You know, it's a story now. Yeah. You know, all the all the all the censorship on social media and everything. Yeah, they're really getting deep into that nowadays on all the social media groups, uh, yeah. censoring inappropriate material or whatever. Well, and Facebook just Facebook just admitted the other day that uh, Zuckerberg admitted it that that they're fact checkers. It's just opinion. Yeah. Really, that's what it is. It's opinion, it's right? It's, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it 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 it's just opinion. Well, okay. Well, how many people did you suspend their accounts and 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 you know kick them off or or whatever or or part of the whole cancel culture thing? It's yeah. not just like okay, I don't care. You could suspend me for ten days. I can live without social media. But there's you know 
th- th- there's people that the certain I won't get into the whole politics of it, but but certain people will go after them. Okay, mm. based on their beliefs or whatever, and they just keep hitting them, keep hitting them, and keep, hitting, and then these people are gone. Sometimes yeah. they lose their jobs over things they post. Yeah, I've uh, I've received uh, back in the early days of the podcast, I've received emails from people that say that uh, I should take my show down. It's uh, right. you know, a bad influence, and you know, encourages people to drink. And I'm like, <laughs> you've never listened to my show, have you? Because no. I don't encourage people to drink. I talk about the servers that give you the drink and I don't talk about the industry. You're telling stories. You're not saying everybody should go drink on Friday night. Right. I'm I'm talking about the people that work there, not drinking and getting drunk. And I mean, I mean, I've touched a little bit on like after hours or something like that, but it's, uh, I sat back and I thought, wondered about it. How come I don't talk about that? Cause I really don't drink. I maybe a couple beers a year tops, Really, but, um, but uh, Rob, you like that? Yeah, drink every two hours, <laughs> <laughs> like a baby getting a feeding. <laughs> but it's, it's like right now. Look at this beautiful bottle of rum. Uh, one fifty-one Bacardi. Let me, let me take a little shot of rum just to uh, celebrate. To celebrate, because why not? We're yeah, getting not? Up, yeah. <laughs> Hang on, hang on a second. Salute. <laughs> So, Anthony, I got to tell you something. Yeah. Um, what is one of the strangest guests you ever had on your show that you listen to them? You're like, what the fuck? Uh, um, <laughs> what is that? Try a bottle of vodka. Oh. Um, <laughs> Mike drinks a lot of vodka. Um, strangest guest I've ever had on the show. Um. I don't think I've had anybody that have really made me go, what the hell? Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's just never happened because I, you know, I'm uh, interested in everybody's stories, but uh, uh, the bartender that works over at the double down in New York city, Chris, uh, Bobby Jean, Bobby Jean. Yes. Bobby Jean yeah. Uh, she started dropping things that happened at her bar and i'm like what kind of bar is this oh I mean, double downs can be fun, <laughs> <laughs> fun man <laughs> you know what's funny i had the owner of double down come visit me on on um monday because he was a good friend with molly so my owner just passed up passed away so yeah uh, my condolences he was there they, they got fucked up and and sunday was such a weird day you know that i made over 45 bloody marys that day Really, including including one or two for me. Yeah, yeah. I was I opened the bar with him that morning, and uh, ten o'clock at international usual time, and that group that crowd came in early. They came in like by ten thirty, and and all of them wanted Bloody Marys. I make a very good Bloody Mary. Like yes, I he does. Make, and I make it to like I just make it's it's a it's a Molly Bloody Mary. Uh, so I put celery salt. A lot of celery salt on it, right? I put Worcestershire, whatever the fuck they want to put that salt. I put uh, I put fresh um, horseradish. Then 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 I put lime lime juice in it. Then I just freaking put uh, regular tomato juice and vodka. And then I I don't shake it. You um. You just swish it. Pour it from one side to another. You swish it back and forth. You don't give it a hard shake. Because you don't want to bruise the vodka. Again, right. you don't want to bruise it. So I make this drink, and I have people come. 
And I think some people have three, four, like George had like five. George, you know? Well, George is amazing. I couldn't drink five Bloody Marys, but I mean, I, I shoot my pants for that. I, I, right, I, exactly. I, 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 my limit's about two, and then I move over to my regular vodka sodas, you know. But now, uh, a common question I ask the bartenders about their Bloody Marys: Do you make your Bloody Marys to that uh, have good flavor, or do you make your Bloody Marys to clear your sinuses? You know, I I'm just, can I answer that for a second? Let me let me just say, there's some places that'll be to clear your sinuses. Okay, <laughs> but but Rob does it in a way that it it just borderlines that. Okay, yeah. it's just spicy enough to kind of go, go there, but it's refreshing and filling, and it's it tastes good, and it's it's not a you know some people you know you go into a bar, you ask for a Bloody Mary. They don't even have an idea. They might use the mix like that's been laying around for two days, or or they just you know forget to put horseradish in. How do you forget to put horseradish? Yeah, in? you know and things like that. But international bar between uh, between you, Rob and Claire, fantastic Bloody Marys. I may, I also used Tabasco sauce, just a few dash. Yeah. You don't want to mm -hmm. overkill the person, and it, it's just a simple recipe. But and we also make. The owner did not believe in having a Bloody Mary mix. Just so we make them fresh. So we make them from did, start to finish. Did, didn't Molly have? Didn't Molly have a rule that she'd fire you if you use the mix or something? Oh yeah, she'll fire you. That's she, oh, she'd be on your ass. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, it had to be a fresh one every time. It had to be a fresh one. It's like me. I make margaritas. Like in the summer, all I make was margaritas too. Though. I make a me margarita. And people are like, oh, oh, oh. and they have like a few of them. It's like, what the fuck. Now, is this the margarita where it's a Corona and a tequila? <laughs> I knew or... you were going to say that. <laughs> that was the original, that was the original margarita. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Anthony. Yeah. That's funny. Let me tell you, a lot of people, um, since, since I did your show, a lot of people talk about you. Like They, they started following you. Like they really like what you're doing because I have people that I, I have people that didn't even know that this is the podcast. Oh. I heard you. Hey, Barton, that was a great interview. You just got—he just let you talk. And I said, "Yeah, I'm kind of a maniac." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, after a while of doing the podcast, you know, I did uh, a whole mess of shows where it was just me. But then when I finally start, I think my first guest uh, ever on the show, she contacted me. Her name was Mia Torres, and uh, sh she's a food and food and wine editor. She oh nice. Uh, and she does uh i'm actually i'm not sure uh, she said she's in a recent twitter post she's between jobs right now but uh she does a lot of like celebrity appearances locally and she uh she called me up and asked me hey can i be on your show and i was like absolutely come on yeah i'd love to have an interview and you can tell the difference between my interview with her and up to the interview with rob here cuz i'm i was extremely uncomfortable and I, I didn't really know what I was doing with an interview with her. Uh, and I've gotten better over the last few years. And I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of that. But sh uh, she contacted me first. And uh, it, it was that was just like the opening is just like, I got to have more guests on the show. And yeah. people have heard enough from me. Now let's hear from other people. And I you know try to direct the conversation a little bit. But I, it's basically whoever my guest, it's their floor. You know, I'm I'm that's, Conan O'Brien. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the best way. Um, you know, I'm not a pro. 
Okay. Uh, you know, I didn't go to school to interview people or anything like that. But one thing I, I learned just from doing the show is let people talk. And, you know, I think my first, my first couple of shows where we were interviewing people, I think I talked a little bit too much, but I, I learned to not do that. And, uh, it's always like the floor is yours. Okay. And you never know what'll happen. Cause remember, remember we did that episode with Lala Brooks, Rob. Yeah. Okay. Sure, Lala, great. Lala Brooks was, uh, the singer to the crystals. Oh, okay. The 1960s girl, girl band. Yeah. Girl group. And, uh, real, real quick story is I, I, I went to fix her phone line. That's how I found her. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, you know, her, her name was something else, but then someone told me it was her in the building or neighbor, neighbors said it was her. And I knew the name and I went like, wait a minute. So I did what I had to do. And then I told her I got this podcast and she said she wanted to come on. And what happened was, you know, I was a little nervous because I knew I knew who she was, liked the music. And we just let her talk. I just let her talk. And she started going off on <laughs> on, on, on Bruce Springsteen, little Steven Van Zandt, Darlene Love. She was shitting all over them. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and she's like, can I say this? And I'm like, keep going. Say whatever you got to <laughs> say. You know, it was, it was, it was great. Cause I'm not a big fan of Springsteen. So hearing that I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, this is great. You know, but, uh, <laughs> The, the idea is when you when you interview somebody, you, you want to let them speak and you take it to that point where there's going to be that little bit of silence. So, you know, it's it's it, it, that's that's all you got to do. Yeah, I uh, there have been times where I've interviewed some people that the first half hour of the show, I can tell that they're uncomfortable and, you know, they're short. Their answers to everything are short, short. Sweet, short. So yeah. Yes. But usually, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Usually at the half hour point, after I'm trying to drag answers out of them, uh, at the half hour point, all of a sudden they won't stop, and I'm like, okay, I've done my job. <laughs> now let's just let them go. <laughs> you got to pull wow. teeth a little bit sometimes, yeah. you know. You know like what interview? Teeth. I felt like that when we interview uh, Greg uh, uh, Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistol. Glenn Matlock, yeah. He put his Jaguar. I'm driving my Jaguar. I'm gonna pull on the highway and talk to you guys. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, is this really yeah, that happening? Was, yeah, because he was like, he was supposed to, you know, start the show at a certain time with us, and he was in England, and he was a couple minutes late. Next thing I know, I get an email saying I am stuck in the biggest traffic jam you ever saw. Uh, you know, if you want, I'll I'll pull over, and I was like do it so you know he, he came in and he's like let me pull over and he, he did the whole interview from his fucking car <laughs> that's another fun thing about doing this podcast is because i've been able to meet bartenders i don't just interview bartenders from the united states i've had uh a bartender from canada i've had a bartender from ecuador england and uh ukraine and the uh the the one uh, the guy from the ukraine he wanted he wanted to come on the show he worked at kfc he wasn't a bartender but you know i was like we got to you know <laughs> represent the fast food okay also, not just about <laughs> bartending and stuff kfc <laughs> but he wanted to promote his band and i'm like yeah, come on the show let's do it and uh, the guy from England, he it, it was hilarious because his girlfriend actually sent me an email saying that he's a big fan of the show. And she was wondering if I could do a birthday shout out to him. And I said, birthday shout out. Does he want to be on the show? And she's, oh, my God, that would be so great. 
and so uh so i got him uh oh well i did the birthday shout out on his birthday but then a week or two later i actually brought him on the show and and you know some people i have to beg plead please come on my show but some other people it it's a lot of fun where they're like i listen to your show i'd love to be on it Mm, uh, that makes me feel you know feel really good (laughs) do you do you ever look at your like uh you know your charts and you know the way you sit where you're sitting on the charts and uh all different countries that listen to the podcast and you go like who the hell was listening to us and i ran i do that a lot (laughs) i was was just great i was looking at my (laughs) analytics on uh anchor this morning and i thought to myself who the hell is listening to me in romania yeah and (laughs) yeah or you know, I see that I've got a couple thousand listeners in um, with the analytics I got from the other site. I see I've got a couple thousand listeners from China or even countries in Africa. And I jokingly say to myself, if they're trying to learn English from me, they're going to be messed up. We've looked at the charts a few times and we, you know, we were like top 40 for a month in Australia and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, or oh, was it even high? Was it top 20? I forget, Rob. But we were in the top 50. In top like 50, 20. yeah, something yeah. like that. And I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people down there, you know, and they're, they're listening, but it's like, you, you just don't think that it can happen. <laughs> but it does. Well, we were in England. Like, I sent you the chart. We were in England. So in, in the United States, we were, the, the, we were in the 144. The last time, yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I think we've the- we've come a, we've come a little closer too. I think we've come to around one twenty something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know. My best accolade for twenty twenty one, I was listed number two of bartender podcasts to listen to by a website blog, uh, and I was just, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it's it's all about cool. exposure. If you yeah. if you think about all the podcasts that are out there, yeah. If you're charting in the top 200, that's like amazing. Yeah, I'm yeah. nowhere on that in the Spotify or Apple Analytics or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm being recognized somewhere. Uh, you, I, okay, I had to search the depths of the internet a little bit for it, but uh, some I'm being recognized by a you know somebody out there. So that felt really good. Well, we've we've been pretty good at not to toot our own horn, but I'm going to do it anyway. We 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 can, we've been pretty good at promoting people. There's been a few shows uh, that are on YouTube and they different podcasts that have come on and and they've they've jump started their their shows based on what we've given them in views. So mm-hmm. I hope that you know if we can get a, you know a little bit now and hope we'll get the exposure for you because your show is great. Uh, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. The show is fantastic, man. You do such a great. You're so easy to talk to. You. I was going to bring something up about um, the business, and um, and I and I and I was talking to you about the time, and and I started. I don't know if we played the story, but the guy, some guy walked into the bar with a gun, and I took the gun apart. Put it you didn't. You didn't finish back. telling that story yeah. on the show. Yeah, you got to right, tell it. I didn't get a chance to uh, get you to finish that story. Sorry about that. So, but. Uh, I was working at Cheap Shots one day, and um, I was with this guy, Chris Lynch. Chris Lynch was like 6'8", a monster. And some guy walks in with a gun and say, I'm holding your place up. And I just grabbed the gun out of hand, put it apart, and put it on the bar. And the guy goes, looked at me like he was defeated. I'm like, okay. And Chris Lynch 
pee in his fucking pants. I turn around, I tell the guy, thank you, have a nice day, give him the gum back on the form, and, and I go to Chris. If anybody should have pissed in the pants, it should have been me. Didn't you tell the guy that, you know, the gun's loaded, get the fuck out of here or something like that? The gun's yeah. not loaded, get the fuck yeah. out. Yeah. But it was just a reaction. It wasn't even, like, I would, like, Boom, 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 boom. That was a split second thing that could have gone guy, very wrong. The guy just looked at me. The guy looked at me like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> He's yeah, like, he wasn't expecting even. that. That's why. But yeah. it, it's like you know what? A lot of time, bartenders just react to situation. Yeah, you react. You don't know because it's a bar. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what. Once you're giving people alcohol, you never know how they're going to react. Anything remember, can happen. Remember that time? Remember that time? And uh, you were working, You it was like in the afternoon, and I was in there, and the bar was pretty crowded, yeah. and that, that one guy that always comes in, uh, I forget his name. I think his name might be Anthony. I forget. But he but he uh, was giving you shit, and it was getting, it was getting heavy, and I was like yeah. at the other end of the bar, ready to jump over the bar, you know, yeah. and, and everyone was just like on edge. It was like, is this guy going to, he was just giving you shit and you were giving it back. And it was like, is this going to turn into a fight? You know, because everybody would have jumped on the guy, you know, mm -hmm. but forget it. I mean, that, these things happen, but that's, that's all part of the business, I guess. Right. I probably just told him. Get the fuck out before you wind up in the body. You did it. You did it. You did eighty six. Him. He's he's a guy. He's a problem. That guy. He's been yeah. he's been in a lot of different bars, and I think he's been thrown out. But I remember you threw him out. Yeah, I I encourage uh, everybody. Ever since I started becoming a bartender, um, I was taught, and then I pass on that knowledge to everybody that I've trained as a bartender, or even on the podcast. Somebody comes up, uh, comes up to you, sticks a gun in your face, and says, "Give me your dough." Uh, you know, sometimes you just react. It just happens. And uh, Rob was lucky. But you know, if somebody comes up to you and uh, points a gun at you, you just say, would you like a bag for that? You know, just because <laughs> you want to get that guy out of the bar as soon as possible. Yeah. And you don't, want, you don't want to put any of your customers in danger. Of course not. I actually was worked at a bar one time where we had a bomb threat. And it when the bomb squad... <laughs> Well, the bomb squad got there. Well, they when they called the bar, they said, "There's a bomb out uh, in your garbage corral. Uh, leave all your lottery money outside the door, and then everybody can leave." And we got the very few customers we had that morning out of the bar. We didn't leave the lottery money out, and uh, my cook stupidly went out to go see what the bomb looked like, and he he was like, "Oh yeah, that's a bomb." And so once we were across the street, the uh, the bomb squad showed up. The they they roped off a whole bunch of the uh this the city block and it turned out just to be a uh paper towel tube with a timer on it that you know and <laughs> just to scare you uh, yeah, yeah a couple wires just for effect you know but right. there were, i made it look like that and uh and so it was nothing but yeah that, that was a little bit of a scare but uh, you know, there there might have been a couple seconds where I thought about going all Mission Impossible on it, and you know, jump back there with a pair of uh, cutters and pliers. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the red or the green? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andy, let me ask you a question. Um, so you interview a bartender. Is there any bartender that you really want to interview, or ex bartender, or people that became stars that uh that were bartenders? Is there anybody that would be like your ultimate interview? Oh, absolutely. There's tons. Uh, 
uh, any bartender, anybody that served time in the, uh, in the service industry that uh, made their way to what their life's goal, life or goal or passion uh, and use bartending to get by, to get to that passion. I definitely want to talk to them, but uh, hearing stories about like A-list celebrities uh, like Bruce Willis, he was a bartender at one time. Yeah. Uh, John Krasinski, the day before, uh, the day that he tried out for the office, uh, he was waiter. Uh, he was a waiter at a restaurant across the street. Wow. Um, Jennifer Aniston was a waitress before she uh, before she got to be an actress. Uh, any any celebrity uh, really out there? I don't have anybody really specific, but I would love Amy to get Schumer. Amy Schumer was a bartender. <laughs> I heard about that. Um, yeah. I, I heard Ellen DeGeneres was a bartender at one time, even yeah. though not many people like her right now, but, uh, um, you but want to, you want to really, you want to really freak everybody out and, and, and put yourself at risk. Why don't you ask AOC to come on your show? She was a bartender. No, was a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> no you, you know, who was actually a bartender while a former president, like Abe Lincoln was a bartender. Abe Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, he's tougher to interview thing? though. He's hard to get hold of. <laughs> they say he's embalmed. They say he's embalmed very well. So maybe you could pull it off. <laughs> no, but imagine that a guy that was president of the United States that self-talk was a bartender for a few years back then. Imagine bartending those times. It's as difficult bartending now with the lunatics you get. Yeah, I mean, oh. there's a bunch of musicians out there that I would love to talk to that were bartenders. If I, Billy Joel, I, he, I've been a fan, fan of his forever. He's one of my idols when it comes to music, it's the Beatles, then Billy Joel. Um, I would love to sit and just talk about his, the couple months that he spent at the piano bar as Billy Martin, just killing time, waiting out that record, uh, uh, killing, uh, killing time, just waiting out the record deal that he had so he could start new uh, I would love to sit and talk, even though he's probably so sick about talking about the piano man story, but just to sit and talk to talk to him about playing in a piano bar. Tell me about it, you know. Yeah, that's but, pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, what do you think of the new Beatle documentary on Disney Plus? Do you watch that? Oh yeah, like a little show on it. What do you think of it? Because we did a review show on it. We did. A, we did a review on it. I did one too. It was the episode before uh, Rob's interview. And yeah, what do you think about it? I loved it. Uh, I saw the original 1970 version of that movie, and it was Mike that, saw it too. Yeah, yeah. And that original version was so depressing just to watch those yes. guys not get along, yelling at each other, and but spreading out to six hours and getting to see more of the footage. And watching the Beatles actually sit there and be creative, it was something that I've wanted to see forever. Because really, you don't get to see them in the studio. Or, hey, John, I've got this idea. What do you got, Paul? You know, and 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 uh, what was amazing is, you know, McCartney would be sitting there at the piano and just, you know, pull "Let It Be" out of his ass. Yeah. Right? Like, how 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 does like out of the air, man? You know, like how do you, you know? And what I, what I liked also is, you know, compared to the Let It Be movie that you just mentioned, because the Let It Be movie really just, it it, it shows the d downer side of that, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all know they were fighting, not getting along, George walked out, all that stuff. Yeah. But, but this showed the other side of it, and it showed how the band kind of understood that they were having certain problems. Like, they, they said, you know, Yoko's there all the time. Yeah. 
Okay. And, and, oh, you know, they were like, well, you know, they just want to be together, you know, and all that. And it's just kind of like, see, they didn't, they didn't all just hate on each other. It was more complicated than that. Yeah. Uh, Paul uh, actually had that look like if we tell John Yoko can't be here, John will leave. Yes. And you're not going to do happen. that. No, you yeah. didn't want that to happen. And, uh, I mean, Peter Jackson did a great job. Even if you're not, a, even if you're not a Beatles fan, just to look at the footage and the way he remastered everything, it's fantastic. And, it's I mean, it looked fantastic. like it looked like it was filmed yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, and, and it just shows how, uh, you know, even even with a band like the Beatles, there's there was a creative process that. You know, and I, I guess every band is is a little different how they do things, but you know they still had to, you know, rehearse the song twenty five times to get it right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Change the words around, add stuff, delete stuff, and you know it really was just a fascinating process to watch. A little tedious because it was like eight hours long. The oh, whole yeah, thing. but they kept doing the same song for so a while. Over and over, but but you know yeah. it was it was it was still very cool to watch. And uh, just to see, you know, John and George alive again, you know, yeah. just- it was yeah. uh, kind of funny to me because uh, I'm sitting there, I'm watching them in their creative process. They're trying to figure out what instruments do we want to use? How do we want the lyric go? And, and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there going, they're playing the song. How come they don't know the lyrics? They haven't written it yet. They haven't written it yet. Yeah. I mean, it, we take it for granted, these songs, you know, but it actually it had, had to be written up at some point. <laughs> it had to be know? written up. And, 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 and I just have to give Ringo, like, the the, 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 the Academy Award for patience. Oh, God. Yeah. He was just there. He I think he, I, I, I guarantee you he was, you know, he was stoned and he was, he was drinking during the whole thing, which was probably about the only way he could handle it. Because yes. he just, you know, and he did a great job, but. You know, he really didn't say much. You know, he really didn't say a whole lot. I love it. Ringo was just there. Ringo was yeah. there for the ride, man. Ringo was like, fuck this. I'm a Beatle. I got a Beatle for ride. I'm just going to get drunk and play the drums. <laughs> the thing I loved about it, though, is that uh, they were writing, uh, not only were they writing songs for Let It Be, the, yeah. the show that they were planning on doing, but Abbey they also Road. had a bunch of songs that they that ended up on Abbey Road later. And, and how about how about the the Harrison stuff that ended up on all and the Harrison stuff? Yeah, all yeah. things must pass. And the, yeah. uh, and I'm sitting there going, they broke maybe 20, 30 songs in only three weeks. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's like, insane. Well, yeah. I, what what also is insane, and you don't you don't see it in the movie, but if you know the history, is you know that whole process just collapsed, and they went and did Abbey Road. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then they went back to it you know, a year later because let it be came out after Abbey road. Okay. But was written before. Right. right? I, and, I and, yeah. So, you know, they, they, they did their thing. They played on the roof and all that. Then it fell apart. They didn't, you know, they didn't want to put it out. And then John Lennon goes to Phil Spector and says, do something with this. Yeah. You know, and that is the let it be that we all know. Yeah. Wow. You know, but it, it, it's just amazing to think all that. And then they still couldn't put it out right away. They had to scrap it for a while, work on something else. They had some of those songs and then go back to it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, in other Beatle uh, documentaries that I've watched in the past, 
uh yeah uh everybody has the misconception that let it be is the last time the beatles recorded together but it's the only, only the last time the beatles performed live together yes yeah. and they still did Abbey Road, but Let It Be was released after Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing about after they were done with the Let It Be sessions, they uh, threw their hands up, were done with this. They all left and went their separate ways at first. But then Paul McCartney calls up George Martin and says, we want to get together. We want to do one more album. And George Martin wow. says, okay, we're all getting together. And he said, Paul McCartney says, yes. And he said, even George. And Paul McCartney says, yes. And so, okay, get wow. over to the studio. Let's do this. And you know, they came up with the amazing uh, Abbey Road album. Yeah. And the Let, it album, yeah. Uh, the, the Let It Be album, Paul McCartney's still a little bit annoyed with what Phil, Phil Spector did to it. But it's still a good album. <laughs> I, I, I'm a it's big a Spector fan, so I, I like it the way it is. Uh, I do have the Let It Be Naked yeah. CD as well, which is good. Very good. Uh John Lennon was on record saying, you know, he did it. I think the line was something like, you know, it was a pile of shit and he made something of it. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, but it was, you know, because McCartney was pissed because he added all the, like on Long and Winding Road, he added all the choruses and, you know, all all the production to it. And it was supposed to be a simple piano ballad. Yeah. Okay. But, it didn't end up like that, but I, I think, uh, you know, I'm a big Phil Spector fan. So I, I like what he did with it. Yeah, the wall, uh, uh, him, him creating the wall of sound revolutionized the way uh, music was being played. Absolutely. We, 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 yes. we did a podcast on Phil right after he died. Uh, and we've talked about bands that, you know, we did a show on all things. The must wall, yeah, the wall, the wall, you know, and, the and wall some, and, 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 you know, some of the girl groups and stuff like that, that he was involved with. Um, it's, it's hard to, you know, in today's day and age, it's hard to kind of get it, but I mean, everything back then was analog and, you know, the stuff that he did working with like, you know, 10 drummers, five guitar players, you know, six bass players in one song, you know, just to create that, that wall of sound. Yeah. But it was great. Innovative. Yeah. Yeah, it that uh, I studied audio production for a little while, and Phil Spector. We talked about him a lot, yeah. and him and George Martin in particular, right? And, uh, and uh, yeah, bringing uh, when it came to talking about the wall of sound, uh, it revol- revolutionized the way things were recorded from there on out, right? And that they really haven't they gotten haven't away got- from that. And I think it's probably might be a good idea that they didn't, but uh, I who, who, didn't get, who didn't get away from it? What do you mean? Well, they uh, they keep doing the wall of sound with everything that's being recorded right now. The you know got two guitars on either side. You got your yeah. drum right in the middle. But yeah. uh, back in the uh, every once in a while in the last thirty years, uh, they somebody gets this wild hair where they think we want to do it like the small faces did. Otgun's yeah. not going to flake. Or great, great. Or, like please please me where they had the backing tracks over here and the lead in may vocals over here every once in a while you run into that but pretty much phil specter's wall of sound has become the standard uh yes pretty much yeah 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 definitely definitely hey anthony i'm gonna mm -hmm. let me ask anthony a real real question conspiracy question Uh, Uh uh-oh 
Is that Paul McCartney or is that the fake? Is that Billy Mack? Oh, it's a Paul is dead. Paul is dead. That's a replacement name, Billy. That took over. Billy Shear. You ever heard that whole conspiracy theory? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know of a lot of the Beatle conspiracy theories. Yeah, the whole conspiracy theory of Billy Shears. He blew his mind out in a car. That was Paul McCartney. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, they uh, uh, and and they replaced. Uh, him. Nobody knows. Uh, or what? How did the lyric goes? Uh, uh, blew his mind out in a car. Didn't notice lights. Uh, didn't know that the lights had changed and, or something like that. Uh, oh, <laughs> the people stood and stared. They uh, they'd seen his face before. Nobody was really sure if he was from the House of Lords. Yeah, that right. that was supposed to be a hint that Paul was dead. Right. Uh, Revolution number nine. The and, yeah, the record album with them and Paul had no shoes. Yeah, oh, um, Abbey Road. Yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, actual uh, outtakes or picture photos they didn't use for that album cover. There were actually versions where he was wearing uh, sandals uh, oh. in that, but uh, he just all of a sudden decided to take those flip flops off. Okay, it is a conspiracy theory. Who knows if it's right or what? But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it was a Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live asked him. Uh, he's like, "You remember when everybody thought you were dead?" And Paul's like, yeah, I kind of remember that. And he goes, is it true? <laughs> no, no, it isn't. <laughs> so, and Mike, we got to have, if we ever do another Beatles album, we got to have Anthony as a guest. He's like a huge fan. All right. Fan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one of the you, know, you know what of- we got? You know what we got coming up mm-hmm. after the, I think in, uh, we're all scheduled out through March. I think in March, one of the fan favorite favorites that we did, the people voted for, was the making of the White Album. That was that was knowledge that wanted me to do that. Hey, would you like to come for the White you wanna, Album? You want to come, come back and talk it? about the White Album? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. We'll probably we'll probably uh, do the show maybe in February, and it'll be up in March, something like that. Yeah, that'd be. We're going to nerd awesome. out. We're going to nerd out. You can't get nerd out. <laughs> <laughs> I used to warn all my bar customers all the time. Uh, you know, they asked me, they, everybody knows that I'm a big fan of the Beatles. I mean, I'm wearing Abbey road t-shirt right now, Yeah, there you go. but, uh, everybody knows I'm a big fan of the Beatles, but you know, somebody gets this wild idea and say, Anthony, I want to ask you a question about the Beatles on this. Okay. Before you ask me, just be aware. If you ask me a question about the Beatles, you may be, uh, about to get about a half hour long lecture or longer. <laughs> and and- <laughs> That's that's fine. And uh, what's your favorite Beatles album? Do you have one? Oh, uh, since it it was the album I grew up with, uh, because my dad would play it on the weekends while we were cleaning the house, or uh, or just hanging around, or something like that. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band has always been uh, just because of the nostalgia in the music. Yeah. Great. That's um, my favorite album. I love oh, that yeah. album. I could listen yeah. to that listen to that album beginning to end anytime any place my favorite beatles song though was from rubber soul called in my life oh well yeah it's a oh God, yeah. amazing song yeah. Oh, yeah my favorite beatles album is revolver yeah uh, oh, revolver. great album revolver. Great, great okay. album. Uh, my, niece- my favorite song is um i am the walrus <laughs> that came from magical mystery tour yeah 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 i love that song i am the walrus it's like it's like, yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah. But you know who wrote, who helped him write that song? The guy from um, the um, 
animals, not the animals or the guy from. Uh, no, no, it, it, no. What it, what it is is he didn't help him ride it. Uh, the walrus is the walrus is Eric Burden. Yes. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, well, yeah, yes. Wait, wait. Let me let me back up. The Eggman is Eric. Oh. Eggman. Eggman. Yeah. When he says, "I am the Eggman," there's there's. You want to hear the story behind that? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, um, I honestly don't know. <laughs> Eric Burden from the Animals and John Lennon were good friends. Yeah. Okay. And Eric Burden uh, had a. If you remember the song when I was young, okay, yeah. where he says, you know, for girls I had a bad yen, right? And he says how, uh, you know, uh, she was she was brown. So Eric likes Eric likes the darker persuasion, okay. Sure. And I do too. I'm, my wife is black too. Anyway, right. um, he was with some Jamaican girl, Eric. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, they had a whole night together, and she got up in the morning and made him. Like he wasn't expecting anything, and he, she made him like eggs for breakfast. And John was like so, like you know, like crazy about this story because he says he cracked after he, they ate. They took the eggs and he put them on the girl, and things wow. got a little, things got a little a little cakey, right? So well, Eric, Eric Eric became the egg man to John, you know. And so he put that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah. That, was, that was another thing about the Let It Be doc documentary is they showed footage of them playing cover songs. You know, you wouldn't expect the Beatles yeah. to be playing cover songs, but and not just stuff that, you know, goes back to the 50s, uh, their old Skiffle Band days. Skiffle stuff, yeah. But they also played House of the Rising Sun and that yeah. uh, when I when I heard them play that, I was like, "Oh my god." Wow. Yeah. Well, some of the some of the older songs that they were doing uh were ones that they did back in the you know the hamburg yeah. days and yeah. there was uh, you know at that point in their career they wanted to go back to their roots i think they were they were tired of the, yeah. the kind of progressive psychedelic thing that they were doing and you know they wanted to make like a rock and roll record now, i don't know if they really succeeded in that i guess maybe with abbey road what do you think or, or you you feel let it be um. Well, that let it be in after watching that documentary. Let it be in Abbey Road kind of meshed together to me because yeah, you know I'm sitting there thinking, watching them try to write "Get Back," but then all of a sudden they get the inspiration for Maxwell Silverhammer, and I'm okay. like, oh my god, you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, a lot of things changed for them uh, after Brian Epstein died, and you yeah. they mentioned oh, yeah. that in the documentary. They all of a sudden became to me like four brothers that just lost their father now all of a sudden they have no direction they don't uh they don't know what to do and uh brian epstein was always the one that said get back to the studio and play or dress like this or you know this is what we're doing this week and all of a sudden they were going all separate directions and going back to their roots uh of just playing four guys four instruments right it, uh it made it uh, you know, to get away from using large orchestras, maybe maybe they did it because it was cheaper. They spent all their money on the Maharishi, maybe I don't know, yeah. and uh, <laughs> but it was cheaper and a way to get back to okay. Let's just take a step back, look at ourselves, and try to uh, try to keep going. Yeah, because but, uh, is the song were, "Get Back" uh, a tribute song to Brian Epstein? I don't know. When Honestly. you think about the word, get back, get back where you coming from, get back in JoJo, 
It might have been like a weird thing in back of the head, and they did a song, and it might have been a. I think I still think that was a tribute to that guy. Didn't you? Didn't they mention in the documentary at one point that it was kind of a protest song? I think oh, I they, think that's they, what it was. Something about a protest song. They always say protest song, but they always wrote lyrics that they meant something else, even though they say it meant this. Yeah. But when you read, when you read through the song and you hear it, they it always had another meaning. Yeah. Lucy in the Sky of Diamond, this and that. They always read, they always put something like that. But then when you read, you look at it and you look at the history, they talk about something that happened to them and yeah. they just write it or for something that happened to Paul. They, they were very, they were very, they were very wise. They were like ahead of the time. They're like, they knew, they knew well, things before it even happened. Like, there they were, they were, you know, there was, group. there was, there was, you know, in those days, there was, everybody else and then you know the beatles and then everybody else yeah the beatles the beatles changed the culture in a way that nobody has ever done where people would just follow them you yeah. know yeah. the whole the culture would shift in the way that they went and you know you had your stones and you had your you know other bands that were big and stuff but the beatles changed the world and it sounds like a cliche but they, but they, it's they did change the world you yeah. know Decca Records, uh, they uh, there was a story for a long time that Decca Records sat and listened like once a week, every week for like a year. Listen to please, P- please me, uh, uh, once a week, and sat there and tried to figure out what did we miss, why yeah. didn't we see this was going to be a big thing, and then all of a sudden the Rolling Stones, what long hair guys, come on in, you know, yeah. And- uh, Rolling Stones were put under a lot of pressure, and the Who actually. Uh, the Who, right now, now, well, the Who were the Who were a little, a little bit different because they had that mod following. Yeah. Okay, and they started out as the High Numbers. They were they were like this mod band, and then they changed their name to the Who. Uh, I, I always felt the Who wasn't really in that. They were kind of like their own separate little entity. They are, you know. Basically. Yeah. Uh, and I and I'm yeah, a big hoop fan, especially especially the early stuff. Okay, yeah. and uh, you know my generation is one of the greatest albums ever. Okay, uh, and Tommy uh, and Tommy, uh, Pete Townsend. Well, well, I mean, you know, when it gets when it gets into the later stuff like Tommy and Quadrophenia, I do like a lot of that. Mm. Okay, That's and something's great. Quadrophenia yeah, you know, we did a great album. show on Quadrophenia. Um, but for me, it's kind of like I, I really love my generation. And I really love a quick one. Yeah, quick one that right away. Excellent yeah. track. And and they were they were different, you know. But the Stones, I mean, their first single was was "I Want to Be Your Man," right? One of their first singles, and and that was written by the Beatles. Okay, yeah. and they, you know, they they that they were given that song to do. But the smart thing that their management did is they kind of made them the anti-Beatles. Tried to at least. Right? Yeah. They tried to. They 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 were they were promoted as. Listen, if you think the Beatles are cute, long hair guys, look at these these animals, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So well, yeah, they uh, but they made them com- uh, unfortunately compete with the Beatles a lot because all of a sudden you know the Beatles are just straight rock and roll playing with uh, two guitars, a bass, and a yeah and a drum set. Okay, the Rolling Stones are doing that, but then all of a sudden the Beatles come out with a song like Norwegian Wood. And yeah. then they turn to the uh, Rolling Stones and say, okay, one of you has to learn how to play sitar and write a song with a sitar. And you got an amazing <laughs> track. Like, well, Brian, you, know, you know, give Brian Jones credit is, is he, he knew how to play that shit. He was, yeah. he was, he yeah. was already into like the exotic instruments and, and all that. 
Yeah. Uh, but you're right. When they when they were starting to write songs like that, I mean, the Beatles, it changed what everybody else did too. You yeah. know. I mean, look at um, you know, Satanic Majesty's request is kind of like their Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. a great album. Yeah, that's and and album. I mean, before you know, for a long time, that album was not appreciated. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now it now it gets you know a little more critical acclaim, but but you know even the Stones kind of disowned it right away. Yeah. In fact, I was at I was at the first tour where they ever did Two Thousand Light Years from Home. Oh, really? Live. Yeah. yeah, it was the Steel Wheels tour in '88. Okay. Uh, oh, I remember that tour. They did. They yeah, they, they, they did the Five Nights at Shea Stadium. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, I was at yeah, I was at one of those. Okay, and and they. They said we're just. This is the first time we've ever done this live on this, you know, during this tour, and they come and I heard the first couple of notes of it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I can't. And you know, they said they never could do it because the technology wasn't there to make it to do it. Yeah, you know. And this was already. This is thirty years ago now, but they hadn't played any of that stuff in twenty five years. You know, at yeah. that point, twenty years. The Rolling Stones. I, I guess I heard story varying different stories when it came to the Rolling Stones versus the Beatles. Uh, because the Beatles were doing a lot of the psychedelia stuff with uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Magical Mystery Tour. But then all of a sudden, when the White Album came out and they heard the first riff for Back in the USSR, all of a sudden, oh, yeah. the Rolling Stones were like, thank God we're back to regular rock and roll. <laughs> I, I, I've never heard that story, but I, I, I could believe it. Okay, I could believe it because you know they they did Satanic Majesty's request, and I don't think they really enjoyed doing it. Though it's you know it just shows how talented they are as a band because they can come out with a clunker and it's still good. Yeah, you know, you know. But I, I think this turned into a rock show, huh? What the fuck? I do. Enjoy the show. Uh, it was an episode of the Drew Carey show where and Drew Carey comes in all excited. I got free tickets to go see the Stones. Yeah. And somebody says, are you a Stones fan? And he goes, of course, I've been a fan all my life. And she goes, name three songs off their new album. And he just sits there. But I got tickets to the Stones. I just want to say quick, I had an interesting conversation. Just tell me if you agree with me. Um, do you think that the Stones are capable of pulling one more fantastic, amazing, great album out? The condition that I've seen Keith Richards in nowadays, I'm, I've joined the bandwagon where I sit back and say, is he still alive? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, you know, he's Keith Richards though. He can't die. No, it's nothing. It can't happen. It can't happen. I'm going to say that and you know the conversation i had with this person i believe it was on facebook uh i liked the last keith solo album mm. okay i don't know if you heard it i, I thought it was very yeah. good very simple a lot of acoustic and things he's got like a reggae song a couple of things but i liked it and then they came out with that blues covers album mm. uh lonesome and blue uh blue yeah. and lonesome or lonesome i forget the title blue and lonesome i think and I said to myself, you know, this is all covers, but this is something that if they do an album like this, this could be another album from the 70s or almost as good, you know? Now, if Charlie Watts was alive at that point. Now, Charlie's gone. Right. So I don't know, okay? But I, I, I hear that they're working on an album now. I got in a, a little clip the other day. Uh, 
somebody on Facebook sent me something saying that they're working on the album. They're being real secretive about it. They got security guards all over the studio, making sure nobody can go in and listen or anything like that. There's like somebody, you know, a couple guys standing outside watching, making sure. And it's supposed to be a back to the roots album. Uh, I'd like to see that. They need to do that for Charlie. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I'd love to see that if they could come out with not worrying about selling records. Cause I always feel that it's, it's Jagger. That is the yeah. one that's like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta sound current or something like that. No, you don't. Yeah. You're the stones, you know, yeah, just, so just do another, do another exile on main street, man. You could do it. You know? <laughs> when band, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wishful thinking. I don't know. When bands get to a certain point, uh, like I went and saw, the who back in 2008 right wow um and this was right after john entwistle died yeah and i sat there contemplating before i bought the tickets that like there's only two original members left are yeah. they still the who and but I went, I, I went to the they show the and they still killed it i mean uh the what do they, got? they got zach they got zach starkey on drums right? zach starkey on drums pino yeah. panomino on drums yeah. or i mean uh bass on bass yeah and they still killed it. I mean, it, it was amazing. His adultery's uh, voice to me is not quite what it yeah. was. And that that the, the the very first concert I ever saw was the Who. Yeah. Okay. Really? Wow. At, 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 at Shea Stadium with the Clash opening up. Oh okay. wow! And yeah, I was I was like I was like thirteen, fourteen years old. Okay. Yeah. And uh, blown away. And I was really there to see the Clash. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the who, who I, I liked, but I, I would appreciate a lot more a few years later, you know, <laughs> blew me away too. And, and and at that point, Moon was gone. You know, I didn't yeah. see them with Moon. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard when bands lose members and you want to keep it's going, you yeah. know, and, and there's always people, there's always fans that are going to say, oh, it's not the original lineup or oh, it's, 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 you know, too many people are, are, are new members you know, but sometimes you can make it work at least for a short time. Like the right. New York yeah. Dolls, okay, yeah. when they came back in like 2003, okay. Uh, obviously, Johnny Thunders was dead. Jerry Nolan was dead. How are you going to do it? Well, you got David Johansson, you got Sylvain Sylvain, and you got Arthur Kane. Yeah. So you got three out of the five. Mm. Yeah. All right. It, it, and and I got to see them, uh, but unfortunately, after the first show that they did in England. Arthur died. Yeah. Okay. And and Arthur Kane passed away. Uh, he had leukemia. He didn't know it. Yeah. He found that he, he found he had a leukemia and died four days later. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they played Randall's Island, and it was part of a big festival that Little Stephen was putting on. And uh, they had I forget that I think they had somebody from the Libertines on bass or something like that. But it 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 I looked at it and I went like that's not really the Dolls anymore. You know now you just got two guys. Yeah. You know, well, now it's uh, over. Yeah. Well, here's a, you know, a story you guys might get a kick out of uh, just because I felt like being an asshole that day. Uh, that's uh, me every day. <laughs> uh, you know, Kiss fans. They Once they become a Kiss fan, Kiss Army, Kiss. Yeah. I, I was in the Kiss Army. <laughs> yeah. I decided one day that uh, I was going to spread a rumor that you know, everybody was getting excited that uh, the original members got back together. They got Ace Freely and Chris Peter Chris back. Yeah. And I, uh, then I decided to start a rumor after that tour started that none of the original members are back. That's why they put the makeup back on. And 
Boy, I made some KISS fans so angry. Oh, shit. How would you know? Yeah, how would you know? I mean, how would pull that off? That's, pull pretty, that off. that's pretty good. I got to tell you, one of the best shows I've ever seen in Madison Square Garden, which Page and Plan, and they put on a three hour and a half phenomenal show, and they just play and rock and roll. That was like what, like 94, something like that, 93? I, I know, it was a great, it was a surprise. Yeah. So the girl that I was dating got me the surprise ticket to see Page. And it was one of the greatest shows I ever seen in Madison Square Garden, to the point that a few days later, the New York Times said it was one of the best shows they did. Wow! See, you guys are uh, in New York in your area. You're more of an A market. That's pretty much anybody who's everybody. The big stars they are going to play the Garden. They're going to play Giant yeah. Stadium, whatever. Uh, where I lived in Oregon, uh, we only had the Rose Garden, or it's called St- It's called something else now. But, uh, and it's, you know, it was just one night that was it. And if you weren't at Ticketmaster, well, uh, three days before they he, start selling tickets, you didn't get in. You didn't get shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so it was tough for me, uh, back in the day. And I've always wanted to see Metallica play live, but every time, oh. every time, I you know, once. what's that? I saw him once with uh I when, when Cliff Burton was was still in the band. Oh shit. Awesome. Yeah. I see yeah. Master Puppet Yeah, I saw Metallica. I seen Metallica six times. And oh, I've wow. the Pixies about six times. But I saw Metallica with a call live. Did you? I also I, I don't know I, I don't know if I told you I saw we saw the Misfits live in Madison Square Garden. That was, was that was oh, wow. that was one of that was one of the highlights of like my last ten years easily. Okay, uh, you know I'm a huge Misfits fan, and uh, ne- I, I got into them right when the original band had kind of broken up, like around '83. Yeah, and you know Danzig went on, did his own thing, and everything. Yeah, and uh, but you know grew up with that band on all, all, all you know my friends, we all loved them, and. Uh, Rob was able to to snag two free tickets in the Budweiser suite at Madison Square Garden. Jeez. Right? Yep. Yeah. And I, I still owe you for that, Rob. That was that was an amazing fucking night. I, now I have a connection with the Bowery Ballroom. We could have gone to the show where parents played with the toilet book because the owner of the Bowery Ballroom. He, he, yeah, played they played the toilet boys played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got a connection so with owner, him? Yeah, the owner came in because I met him through John Nichols, and the owner came in, and he came in to get his call. Because Bali died, he came and told me anytime you need anything, just give me a call. So if there's anything you ever want to see, there, let me know. Barry Ball, guy that uh, that's one of those people that's uh, where I can say, hey, if you need tickets to something, I know a guy. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's New York. We all know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I got <Yeah>. a guy. <laughs> so, um, guys, let's get back on the show's running low. So, Anthony, when can we get in touch with you if we ever, if they want to find you? Which uh, path, which um, podcast platform you on? And the name of the show is Hey Bartender. Look it up. It's a fantastic show, but put in your plug. Yeah, it's called Hey Bartender Podcast. It's available on Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher. You can even ask your Amazon Alexa to play uh, episodes and it'll bring it up. Um, I'm available on Anchor FM. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. If you want to follow me on any social medias or get a hold of me through social media on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, it's all at Hey Bartender Podcast. 
The website is also www.heybartenderpodcast.com, where if you're one of those people that saw Christina or Boogie wearing Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirts, <laughs> you can buy one there. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, um, and um, Anthony, man, thanks for coming on the show. We're definitely going to have you again because well, we do uh, one of those Beatles uh, so we white, the White Album. I'll be in touch with you, Anthony. Oh, yeah, that'll be a blast. Well, I'd be happy. I'd love to have a guest because you, you know your stuff, man. You're knowledgeable. You know, you got a great voice for podcasting. You got like a powerful, <laughs> strong voice. Like Mike got a great, great voice for podcasting. Me, I'm just like a bobblehead. Rob, like Rob's got <laughs> Rob's got the face made for radio. I tell that to people all the time. And I've I've got a real face for radio, and they some of my friends are like, "Stop that!" <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, we're definitely going to plug the show. I'm going to give you a bunch of shout out. Where I'm going to put yeah. you on the link on most of the shows we do, and try to get you out there. Because you know what? In the podcast community, everybody needs friends, and you're a friend of the family, and you're welcome anytime you want to promote something or you got something big, and, let us know. And you got a place to right drink, in. and you got a place to drink when you're in, in the city, okay? Awesome. Interna international bar. We will connect you up there, man. We'll hook you up. I appreciate it. This yeah. has been a blast, guys. You, but man, you know, the, 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 the hey, bartender, the show turned into uh, a rock show. A rock show. <laughs> Yeah, I love talking about rock and roll. So yeah, you're gonna yeah. then you definitely gotta come back. It was really good having you on, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. And we gotta say, guys, remember, don't get drunk. Get lumped up. We see you next week. And everybody check out the podcast. Hey Bartender available in multiple uh podcast uh platform. And this show will be up in a few days and we'll be on every uh, major uh, podcast platform, but we'll also be on YouTube. So you're right, we're just putting you on YouTube, right, Anthony? Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, it's uh, it's not a video format, but it's it's up there. Yeah. yeah cool. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, no, it's this show. We're going to put it in uh, oh. YouTube. The video. Yeah. We do video. Yeah. We do a bunch of video, you know. Maybe we can get a few thousand hits and it'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, so guys, we love you. We'll see you next week and enjoy the weekend. Happy holidays, people. Take care, people.